All right, so very interesting chapter. Proverbs chapter 30 is where we're at. And there's really a one main section I want to focus on. But in order for us to fully understand uh, what that verse is trying to express to us, it's very important that we kind of look um, at what this chapter has been about. And you're going to, and so notice in verse 1 it says, The words of Agur, the son of J.K., the prophecy, even the prophecy the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Eucal. And this particular chapter, it's mysterious because, for one, we don't really know anything about this individual. If you look up all these names in the Bible, you won't see him mentioned anywhere else except for uh, one of them that's mentioned in Nehemiah, so it's probably not even the same one. But it's very likely that this was somebody that Solomon knew and this was something that was taught to by him. For example, and like we'll see in Proverbs 31, that was a prophecy or a, a Proverbs that his mother him. So it's like at the end of the book, it's kind of show, he's sharing some things that were shared with him. And verse two, it says, surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. And for we don't use that term brutish that often. It basically just means you're stupid. Just you're just really dumb person. You don't know what's going on. And it's a, it's a pretty strong term. And so he is, he's being pretty hard on himself here, but he's doing this too in kind of a poetic way because he's about to speak of many things that he just doesn't understand. And let's just face it, folks, there's a lot of mysteries in this world today, aren't there? There's a lot of things that we, and we have a lot of conflict because we don't always understand things and specifically when it comes to other people. And the title of my sermon today is The Mystery of Others. Because in reality, everyone is a mystery. Have you ever looked at somebody and just thought, what are they thinking? And the truth is, they're thinking something, but you just don't know what it is. We don't understand what's going on in everybody's life. And we're going to mainly focus, too, on the husband and wife. Because, you know, your spouse can be a mystery sometimes. Even though I've been married for over 20 years, you know, sometimes, you know, your, your wife will throw you for a loop. And it's like, what's going on? And it is. They're, they're a mystery. And so, here he's speaking about things he doesn't completely understand. Verse 4 says, Who hath descended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he be reproved thee, and thou be found a liar. And I do not believe... Like many of the Proverbs where it changes subjects a lot. I think we have a continual theme going through this chapter here. And so he starts out talking about, you know, I'm a brutish person. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But you know what? Who has ascended and who has descended? We've not ascended to heaven. We don't know everything God knows. But let me tell you what he's saying right here is, while there's a lot of things I don't understand, one thing we can count on is God's words. And let me tell you, don't you add to his words. Not, and not even just meaning, don't go changing the translation, adding things to it. No. If God says something, then God says what He says and He means what He says. Don't try to turn it into something else. Because if you do something, you say something that's contrary to the words of God, you're going to be proven to be a liar. And you want to know why a lot of people don't often obey the Word of God? It's because they don't understand the Word of God. I don't see why this is a problem. I don't see what's wrong with this. And then they go, they violate what God's Word says, and they get proven wrong every time. And I'm not going to stand up here today and tell you 
that I understand everything about the Bible, that I understand all the commandments of God. You know, there's some things that the Bible, you know, talks about, you know, that you shouldn't do. And I don't see why we can't do that. But, you know, what, it's my, not my job to understand it. I haven't ascended on high. I haven't done any of those things. But you know what? I am supposed to put my trust in Him. I should put my trust in God's words. And His words are pure. And so the one thing that this guy did know is that he could trust the Word of God. And so keep that in the forefront of your minds as we talk about this. Because we're, we're going to talk about some things that we don't know. We don't understand. And while we don't always know some things or understand some things, we do know what the Bible says about what we're supposed to do. And when we find ourselves in those situations where I really feel like loving my enemy is not going to be beneficial to society, I think punching my enemy would be way better. But you know what? I'm not going to add to his words. I'm going to do what he says to do. I'm going to, I'm going to follow God's word. We've got to make sure we do that. And so I'm not going to take a whole lot of time expounding on these verses, but I do want you to notice this theme throughout this chapter of doing to others, uh, you know, what the Bible says to do. And uh, when people disobey these things, it is, it's because there's a lack of understanding. And obeying laws we understand is much easier than obeying laws that we don't understand. But you know, it's still just as important that you obey those things. And I think, we, you know, parents, you've all tried to tell your kids that. So you don't usually have to tell, for example, too, you don't usually have to tell adults, no touching a hot stove. Most of us, you know, that are adults, we understand why you don't touch a hot stove. But you know, your little kids, they don't understand that. And so, you know, you know I, don't, I shouldn't have to explain to my two-year-old Hannah, don't touch the hot stove. She's not going to understand if I tell her it's going to burn, it's going to make blisters and all these things. She's not going to understand that. And, and so, but if she, if she has wisdom, you know, she'll just listen to mommy and daddy. And, and, uh, and so that's important. We need to do the same thing. There are things, even though we're adults, we don't understand. There are rules that we don't get, but we don't need to worry about that. We just need to worry about obeying them and trusting God. And so the bottom line is just obey the Bible, whether you understand it or not. Obey the Bible, especially when it comes what we're going to be talking about when it comes to how we act with other people. We need to do what God's Word says to do. So look what it says in verse 10. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. Do you know there are some situations we should probably just stay out of because we don't know what's going on? You know, if something's going on with, the ser- with the ser- somebody else's servant and that master, we don't know what all's going on. We don't need to interject ourselves in there. We're going to end up looking foolish. So sometimes because we don't understand what's going on in that situation, we need to stay out of it. He says in verse 11, There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that is pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. So he's talking about there's people out there who foolishly, who against the Bible, I mean, the Bible says the Ten Commandments, honor thy father and mother. But there's a generation that curse their father and mother. There's a generation in their own eyes, they're pure, they're not doing anything wrong. They're the good guys in, in their eyes. And it says that their eyes are lofty too. But while that's how they think, while that's what's going on in their mind, he says there's a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw as the teeth of, as knives to devour the poor from the earth 
and the needy from among them. So these people are really wicked, but they think that they are good. And they, these people are ones that are violating the Bible. There's a lot of people out there who criticize us and are down on us and think we're terrible people because we just preach what the Bible says. And they think you're, you're terrible for that. You know why? Because they're wise in their own eyes. Because they're pure in their own eyes. When in reality, they're, they're not. And so verse 15 goes on to say, The horse leech hath two daughters crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things say, not it is enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire saith, it is not enough. So there are those things are just never satisfied. You can never completely fulfill them. And people that are like that, these people that are never satisfied, these people who just do whatever they feel like doing, who are good in their own eyes, it says these people with lofty eyes, and it goes on to say, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. That's a pretty gory verse right there. Well, what's he saying here? These people who in their minds are doing what they think is right, that are violating the Scripture, it's going to end really bad for them. It always does. And he's saying this from experience. This is wisdom speaking here. And the people like this are going to have a horrible ending. And so, notice too what he says next, because he's continuing this theme of things he doesn't understand. That's what we've got to keep in mind as we read this. So he's talking about there's things I don't understand, but there's also what the Word of God says that we just need to trust. And there's this horrible result. There's this horrible ending that always happens to those who just do what they want to do, who are wise in their own eyes and who violate the Scripture. And it's always bad. And so he goes on to say, there be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. So I'm about to mention some things I just don't understand how it works, but I know I know it works. And he says, the way of an eagle in the air. How do they, how do they fly like that? How are they able to do the things that they do? You know, he could watch, he could observe, and you know, some of you might have learned enough science and aerodynamics now. You understand why the eagle's capable of flying because of its wingspan and weight and all that kind of stuff. You know, but the truth is, most of us don't really get it. You know, it's, and, 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 but do we not just accept the fact that they can fly? They say too, the bumblebee. By the laws of aerodynamics, shouldn't be able to fly. But guess what? They fly. So, you know, I'm not going to debate whether or not bumblebees can fly with you, even though I don't understand how they do it, because I've seen them do it. And, you know, we've seen the results. So he says, the way of eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. And so, what we're seeing here, and without going into a lot of details, He's just basically explaining here how there is a mystery to him when it came to the ways of a man with a maid. That was one of the things. When it comes to that relationship between a man and a woman, and when it comes to a physical relationship between a man and a woman, we do need to understand that that is an area where God's Word has placed some boundaries and has placed some limits. And God did it for a reason. Now, do we understand all these things? No. I remember years ago, I was talking to a teenager and, I, and, you know, and he was trying to justify doing what he wanted with girls. And I'm trying to explain to him how 
it's wrong. And he just couldn't understand. He's like, how can it be wrong? You know, why would God give us feelings this way if it was wrong? And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, and the thing is, these are hard things to explain, you know, and, you know, I'm just going to the Bible. Well, you know, man is sinful, you know, and, you know, man needs to limit themselves in certain things. But, you know, I remember at the time I was explaining this to him, I was only 19 years old. And I'm having this conversation with this teenage guy trying to explain to him why he shouldn't. And, you know, and it, it was it was a little beyond me, but I just kept telling him what the Bible said. And he just wasn't getting it. And you know what? I didn't completely understand it. But you know what? I thank God I obeyed it. I thank God I obeyed it. And even though when it comes to all the boundaries and things that God has set in that area, while I can't understand everything about it, while there are often temptations that people deal with out there and people wonder, why do I have to feel this way? Why do we have to have these limits here, there, whatever? Just understand God put it there for a reason. And if you can't understand that, that's okay. There are some things that are too wonderful for us, that are too that are, that are above us and beyond us. But you know what? Put your trust in the words of God. They are pure. And if you do what He says... It will work out for the good. Now, you can do like a lot of people are doing today who just do whatever they feel like doing. And folks, it's not bad. And you know what? They're never satisfied. They're never set. People who go outside the bounds that God has set between a man and a woman, between a husband and a wife, they never find satisfaction. They never find happiness. They always end up finding uh, misery. But because people don't understand it, they often go against it. And I'm telling you, you're making a mistake. We say, why? I need to understand. Just like I need to understand the laws of aerodynamics that make a bumblebee fly. I can't explain that to you, but I can show you a bumblebee fly. I can't understand why necessarily going outside God's limits on certain things causes so much destruction. Why it causes so much misery. Why it brings so much heartache. I can't even understand, you know, what makes all the diseases and things come when you start, you know, living promiscuous. I don't understand all that, but you know what? I've seen enough of it to know that it ends bad. And that's what, and, and so that's kind of what he's talking about here when he brings this up. And we have too many people today who are basing their morals and their behavior on what they feel like doing, on what seems right to them in their own eyes. And folks, the results have been devastating. It's a mess, things we have going on in our country. And so what he's saying here, it's not just there's certain things about the physical relationship that are a mystery to him, but even the rules that God has set were something he completely didn't, didn't understand. And proof of that's the next verse, because look at the way in verse 20, the very next verse, he says, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. And the adulterous woman is someone who didn't follow the rules. But yet, she doesn't seem to feel any guilt or remorse. And this is most of our nation today. They have no rules. They have no boundaries. And they seem like there's, you know, they're not upset about it. They're, they feel no remorse for what they're doing. But then at the same time, isn't our world wondering why there's so much misery? They're wondering why they're so unhappy. They're wondering why they're miserable. They're wondering why there's so much disease out there. They're wondering why there's so much divorce. They're wondering, you know, th so the thing is, our world is seeing the results of immorality. They are suffering the results of immorality and broken marriages and all those things that go with it. And they don't like it, but at the same time, they refuse 
to obey God's Word because they don't understand it. And that is just a foolish thing to do. And so what, notice, so the thing is, we don't have time to go through the rest of this chapter and show how it all connects. But notice the very last verse that he says here. Because I want, I want to get into the main theme of the message here. But he says, Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood, so the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. Okay? Now, I do understand that if you churn milk, it will turn into butter. I do not understand why, though. I, I, now, some of you, you might have looked into the science on this, and you might be able to understand what's going on and what makes that happen. I don't understand that. But I know that if you do this, if you churn milk, you will get butter. I don't completely understand why if I grab your nose and I'm wringing it long enough, the blood will start coming out. But if I start wringing your nose, blood will start coming out of it. So, you know, I'm not going to wring your nose. I don't want you to wring my nose because I don't want blood coming out of it. There's a, lot, there's a lot of things that while we don't understand what makes it happen. You know, people understand... You know, you're, they figured out one time you rub two sticks together, you can get fire. Okay, and you know, we know friction's what causes that, but at, at the end of the day, people knew that caused fire before they understood why it caused fire. And so, it's the same thing when it comes to the, when it comes to people. There are things about people. There are rules that God's given. When it comes to marriage, when it comes to a physical relationship, there are boundaries that God has set that we don't necessarily understand, but one thing we do know, one thing that has been proven, that when we step outside of those things, we have a mess on our hands. And sadly, because people don't understand it, they continue to violate these things and they get the bad results and we don't want that to happen. So in this chapter, it's telling us to just make sure we trust God's Word even when we don't understand it. And folks, there's going to be plenty of times you don't get it. When you don't understand it. I don't see why we've got to follow this rule. It's God's word. It's pure. Follow it. Do what it says. There are those who do just what's right in their own eyes. Everything ends badly for them. We see it all the time. You know, and in the last verse, he's showing us three things that while we might not understand how those things work, we all know what the result is going to be, what's going to come from those things. And so, having said all this, the, the point I want to make in this message, the what point do I want to get across? Because you know today, or you know, we're going into Valentine's Day season. It's all about couples, relationships. But I do want to point out some things from the scriptures that I, I think will not only help you in your personal relationship with your spouse, but I think it will help you in all relationships too. So first, th- first thing you need to understand, and go over and turn to Genesis chapter three. We need to understand that all people are mysteries, including your spouse. You know, you hear people say, you need to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. And, and that's, a good, that's a good saying. And what, and what are they basically saying? You know, if you understood what they deal with, you would understand them better. And so that is a, that is a good saying. But in reality, even walking a mile in someone else's shoes isn't going to tell you everything. You know, because people have a lot of different experiences. They go through a lot of different things. And each individual is unique. And let me tell you something. Men and women are different. Okay? And I understand we live in a world where people are confused about gender and can't figure out if they're male or female, but you know we've got that part figured out here. Okay? We don't have any trouble there. But we do need to understand that, we're, that we are different 
and even your spouse is missing. Don't be afraid of the fact that your spouse thinks differently than you or feels differently about things. Okay, husbands, don't get mad at your wife when she does not feel the same way you feel about something. And, and ladies, don't get mad at your husband when he doesn't feel the same way you feel about things. All right, nobody raise your hands. Nobody confess anything today. But, you know, has your wife ever got mad at you because you just didn't respond the way you should have responded to something? And so I just don't understand, you know, why you are not, you know, shedding a tear over this, you know, jumping for joy, doing a cartwheel. You know, that's what I want to do right now. Well, he's a guy, you're a girl. That makes a big difference right there. And couples often get frustrated with each other in this area because they don't feel the way they should. But just mark it down, men and women are different. And the Bible says in Genesis 3.16, this is after the fall. He says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shalt bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. When, when man sinned, God put a curse on the woman, and God put a different curse on the man. And these curses that God put on him have created challenges. And they are different challenges. For the woman, notice how he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And this was brought up to me, you know, uh, you know Ms. Chantel asked me about this one time. And I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Never thought about that. But, you know, isn't it interesting how like in the animal kingdom that certain species, you know, it's only certain times of year when they're able to conceive. But like with, with ladies, it's like a regular monthly thing. And as a result of that, you know, there's some regular emotions and things that happen. As a result, they can bring challenges that come with that. That's something ladies have to, that's something ladies have to deal with. And, you know, before the fall, you know, when people were going to live forever, there was no need for them to get, probably get pregnant as much or even have as many kids. Because, I mean, if, they're, if you're going to live forever... I mean, good night. You can really take your sweet old time on everything. But God wanted man to be fruitful and multiply. Man's now going to die. So God tells him, I'm going to greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. And it's real easy now for women to have a whole bunch of kids. And that can create challenges too, doesn't it? And so the thing is, and, and women, because you are bearing kids, because of the way you know your body works, there's some challenges that you have to deal with that guys will never understand. There are emotions that you have to deal with that guys will never understand. And that creates challenges sometimes. Men, because of our curse, you know, we have, you know, we, you know, we are, we're, we're the provider. We're the one that has to lead. We're the ones that have to work. We've got to deal with the obstacles and things that come from that. And that creates a different kind of stress. I'll take our stress. All right. But, you know, but maybe that's because I'm a man too. But at the same time, it is, a, it is a different kind of stress. It's a different kind of challenge. And, you know, while guys, you know, we kind of get it, we kind of understand it, ladies often, you know, they don't understand what's going on with the guys. So it's real easy for us because we think so different, because we have different challenges and emotions for us to get frustrated with each other. But in, in many marriages today, they have problems be, because the husband often is trying to get his wife to be more like a man. 
You know, to think more like a man, to act more like a man. You know, why can't you feel, you know, even when it comes to the physical relationship, you know, guys are, you know, we're wired differently than ladies are. And I don't want to go into details on that kind of thing, but it's like guys want their, you know, their, their wives to be more like men. And they don't understand why they're not like that. And it often, it often creates challenges. It, it creates problems. You know, uh, you know, ladies, you know, the things that make them tick are different than what makes a guy tick. And there can be all kinds of conflict and problems. And the truth is, you know, guys, you don't want your wife being more like men. Ladies, you don't want your guys being more like a woman. And let me tell you, if you actually succeed, you're actually going to have conflict as a result of that. What you need to get a hold of is the fact that you're both different and you're probably never going to completely understand the other one. I don't know, maybe some of you got it figured out. But here's what you can do when you have this conflict. Okay? And you're going to have the conflict. Any married couple, don't, no, again, we're not confessing. Any married couples in here ever fought before? All right? You know, I mean, any, any of you have arguments or anything like that? I'll bet you have. And if you haven't, you get to preach next week, all right? And, and straighten us all out on this stuff. But when these conflicts come, here's what you have to do. You have to do exactly what you see in Proverbs chapter 30, and that is just acknowledge what you do not understand and just do exactly what the Bible says. That's what you have to do. Okay, now what are some of those things? Well, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 5, notice this. It says, For after this manner in old time... Holy women also, watch this, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Notice how Sarah, she is, she's like the, the poster lady for the submissive wife. But the Bible tells us that the reason that she submitted to her husband the way she did is because she trusted God doesn't tell us that she did it because she understood it. You know what she did? She did exactly what Proverbs 30 said to do. Trust the words of God. And so Sarah, because when you look at the stories, Abraham made some pretty big mistakes in the Bible, didn't he? Especially concerning Sarah. What happened with in Egypt? What happened with Abimelech? Abraham made some big mistakes, put Sarah in some really difficult situations. But yet Sarah continued to obey her husband. Not because she understood Abraham. Not, you know, not even because she fully trusted in Abraham. The Bible does not say Sarah trusted in Abraham. You know what it says? She trusted in God. It said the holy women who submitted to their husbands did it trusting in God. Now, I guarantee you there's not a lady in here that hasn't more than once thought, why do I have to listen to this guy? I guarantee you there has been a time where you thought, this doesn't make much sense. But you know what? When that happens, you know what you need to do? Trust God. Well, I don't trust my husband. Okay, well, do you trust God? Do you trust God? That's what, that's what the holy women of old did. They trusted God. Well, I need you to explain how this is all going to work out. It's beyond me, folks. It, it, this is one of those things that's above me. So uh, that doesn't make sense. My husband's an idiot. You know, if I, if I follow him, things are definitely going to turn out bad. But wait a minute. The Bible tells us, you know, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Maybe, I don't know, I don't want to speak for God, but maybe if you just obey God, God will bless even your husband's sorry decisions. I don't know, maybe. Or God, will, God can bless you. Because the truth is, too, even if he makes wiser decisions, you know what? If you're full of pride, if you're not right with God, you know, God might, may not bless 
those things. Either way, what you need to do is trust God. And I'm, I'm convinced that if people's spouses were as bad as they actually said they were, and if they were as good as they actually said they were, I think the Lord would, you know, a lot of people die in car wrecks, ladies and gentlemen. You know, a lot of people die from all kinds of things. But, you know, I, I don't think it's usually as bad as we think. I think we usually just have trouble trusting God. So notice how Sarah, she did. She, she trusted God. She did what God said to do. Notice in verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Wait a minute. Does it, I, you know, I thought, you know, all the books people wrote about what they know about women, you know, were that thick. You know, you know, like everything I know about women, then they show you a blank page, right? Does this say we got to figure them out? I don't think that's what that's talking about when it says dwell with them according to knowledge. Because look what it says after that. It says, um, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So the husbands, he, or Peter, he's telling the husbands to dwell with them according to knowledge, meaning I don't believe he's saying you have to solve the mystery that is a woman. I don't think he's asking them to do that because I don't think you can possibly understand everything there is to know about the woman. But here's what you can do. You can learn what the Bible says about, about your role as a husband, and you know what he said after he says, dwell with them according to knowledge? I think, when he's, I think he's referring to, you need to know what the Bible says you're supposed to do. And you know what the Bible says you're supposed to do? Give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And you know what that, that means? That because you don't understand what it's like to be a woman, because you don't understand what women deal with physically, some of the things that they go through, and because she is weaker than you, because you are able, capable of overpowering her, you know what you're going to do? Even if you feel like something, but for whatever reason you don't understand, she's not, you know, feeling that way. You know what you're going to do? You're going to give honor unto her as under the weaker vessel. You're not going to be one of these freak pervs, psychopaths that are out there just like telling, encouraging husbands like it's okay to just have your way with your wife no matter what she says, no matter how she feels. I don't believe in that at all. I believe we should give honor unto them as under the weaker vessel. I've been accused of being a feminist because of that. Okay? And, you know, and, you know the types of freaks accusing me of that, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything negative from them. I just wish they'd name me when they're calling me that so everybody will know I am not a freak like that. Because that's wicked. And that is against the Bible. We are supposed to give honor unto them as unto the weaker vessel. So you know what? Even though I'm a guy and I think one way... And without going into a lot of detail, and because I also know I can't understand a woman. I don't know why they are the way they are. I don't know how they feel. I don't know what they go through. So you know what I am going to do? I am going to be understanding, and I'm going to give honors unto the weaker vessel. I'm not going to take advantage. I'm not going to do anything to her or harm. I am not going to be abusive to my wife. I'm going to love her. I'm going to honor her. I'm going to cherish her. That is what a husband does, and that's what he's saying to do. So, you know, women, you have your part to submit, but you know what, guys, you have your part too, where you need to give that honor unto them as under the weaker vessel. There's some things that you might be able to handle, but they might not be able to handle it. You know, there's things I might want to do, things that I might enjoy, you know, but if, if my wife is not capable of handling it, I need to Take that into consideration. She is the weaker vessel and I'm supposed to take care of her. So this means, you know, don't, don't abuse your wife. Put her needs first, especially when it comes 
to the physical. This means you hold the door open for her. It means you do the heavy lifting. It means you do the protecting. When the burglar comes, you don't send your wife out there to check. You know, you go. You take, you take care of business. You're the one that does that. You're going to give her that honor. That's what a real man does. And this means since you can't understand how she feels during pregnancy, after childbirth, you know, during monthly events, that you know what you do? You listen to what she has to say. It does not mean you are giving her authority. Okay? That's not what it means. I, and I do. I, I believe we should listen to our wives, you know, because, you know, guys, what is it like recovering from having a baby? You know, I, I need somebody to tell me about that, you know. We can't, we can't explain that. We don't know what it's like to be pregnant. We can't possibly understand any of those things. And so, because it looks like it's really hard, I don't know, ladies, that looks difficult walking around with that great big stomach out there like that. And, and I've, I've been in there when my wife had all the kids. That looked difficult. That looked painful. And, you know what, and I see that kind of thing. And it's just like, you know what? I'm going to talk to my wife before I just like, you know what? Feel like getting pregnant today. You know, let's get it done. You know, no, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to give her honor because I can't possibly understand what's going on in that situation. And again, call me a feminist if you want to. Um, I just think I'm not a freak. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. That's all. That's all I'll say about that. But I, I will never know what it's like to be a woman, and I don't want to know what it's like to be a woman. It, but I and, and men can't have babies. I, I hate that we have to say that in 2023. But men can't have babies. But you know, I do have knowledge of what the Bible says about giving honor unto the wife, giving honor unto the wife as in the weaker vessel. I do know what Proverbs 7, 3 says. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one and the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you, tempt you not for your incontinency. The perfect situation is where just both are thinking about each other. You know, both the husband should be thinking about the wife, the wife should be thinking about the husband. That's, that's the perfect relationship right there. A lot of guys are. They're looking for a relationship. They're looking for that woman who has no will and that he can just do whatever he feels like doing whenever he feels like doing it. And you know what? If that's what you think is a guy, stay away from my girls. Okay, stay away from them. I believe women have great value. I believe they are great treasures. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. And listen, you think you're going to get my daughter for free? And you know, you're going to treat her bad? It's not going to happen. Her price is far above rubies. The only reason, and, and you know, yeah, I'm sniping, but you know, the only re- the only reason, the only reason I I would ever give my daughter to a guy is because I'm convinced that this guy's going to love her and take care of her and make her happy. Not because he's going to pay me back in rubies or something like that. Okay? I, I would rather get zero dollars from a guy, but him make her happy, than him to actually give me rubies and make her miserable. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, and that goes for any of my other daughters in the future. That's how I feel about it. And, and so, uh, guys... We will never understand what, you know, what makes a woman tick. Women will never understand what makes a guy tick. But the truth is, if we understand all the rules, if we understand what the Bible says, 
if we understand things are to remain within the bounds of the bonds of holy matrimony, and if you're wise, you will follow God's rules. Step outside that, you will be destroyed. How do I know? It happens all the time. It happens every single time. You can do what you feel like. You can act like the adulterous woman. You know, you can declare yourself innocent, but as sure as the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, destruction will come for your life. Just mark it down. So you know what you do? You follow God's rules for your life. And so, if the one we are married to is a mystery and we live with them, you know, how much more the people that we're surrounded by every day? Friends, church members, neighbors, strangers. You know, and, and I'm just, I'm, I briefly want to touch on this because I do. I think this is related and I think it's important. But do you realize other people are a mystery? You know, people, you know, have, have you ever just gone over to somebody's house and they just, they just have weird ways of doing things? You know, I read a story one time about a guy who went to somebody's house and they ate cereal and the milk tasted funny. And then later, after they got done eating cereal, they took all the milk from the bowls that was left over and they poured it back in the jug. They reused milk for cereal. That is disgusting. But apparently that's what they did in that house. Sometimes people do weird things. You know, I, I, and pe- families have weird customs and stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, we see that and that, freak, that freaks us out. Y'all look pretty horrified by that, but... Um, you know, and that, that's probably an extreme example, example, but you know, the Bible says in first Thessalonians three twelve, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable and holiness before God, even our father, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. God wants us increasing in love for people. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, you know, you got to get to know them. Well, you know, the more I get to know a lot of people, the more freaked out I am sometimes. People have a lot of issues. Other cultures too. You know, like I said, there's, just some, there's some weird cultures out there that do weird things. But did you know God wants us increasing in love towards those people? And so the thing is, it's not always just about walking a mile in their shoes, even though that can help in some areas. The truth is, we just got to understand everyone is a mystery. We live in a country where we have a lot of different ethnicities around. We don't understand their culture. We don't understand why they do the things that they do. Uh, one of my kids was telling me how, I think it was in like China or Japan or some country, it's like an insult if you eat all the food because that means they didn't feed you enough. You know, it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, that, that's the way they do it over there. And, you know, there are, and so the thing is, a lot of times there's conflict between people because we don't understand where the other one's coming from. You know, there's, there's things that we just don't get. Like, you know, there's, there's things that seem very rude to us. I want to go visit one of those countries where you're supposed to belch after the meal. That's, that's where I want to go. I've always talked about that and how much I would enjoy it just to watch my wife's face too, because my wife would be horrified. You know, if I did that, I don't want to insult these people. <laughs> and, and I kind of wish we had that in our culture. But, you know, some people might go, you know, they might go to a country and just not understanding that they want, you know, what disgusting, you know, terrible people that is. No, that's just, that's how they compliment the food <laughs> over there. You know, I, you know, we might, and it, there's some things we're not going to get it, but, you know, we, we need to, we still need to increase in love towards people. And, and that just means, you know, we don't have to understand them. We just need to do it. 
We need to do what the Bible says to do. And America is very unique when it comes to the variety of cultures all living together. Other countries are way more similar to each other. And, you know, a lot of times they're all used to a lot of the same things, you know, and things that too would be greatly offensive. You know, there's things that go on in other churches because there is, there, there is church culture. I've talked about this before, but much of what we do in our church, it is not because that's how they did it in the book of Acts. No, it's based on our culture. And we have, there is an American 21st century IFB culture. And, you know, and, and we all conform to it. Okay, we all conform to it. I'm always the last one to conform to anything, uh, you know, because I don't want to be a trendy. But, you know, we were talking about the other day, I, I, I think it's almost time, I, I, I think it's almost time for us to get some screens up here. We really needed them. We needed them really bad during the funeral. And you know what? Did you know that's not even trendy anymore? Pretty much everybody has it now. Okay? Everybody has it. Their church has it. They're, they're the home of the Old Paz Conference every year. And they got big, great, big... They use projectors still. But, uh, but you know, it's just like there, there is kind of a need. And it is, it's a church culture thing. They didn't have two screens up on the platform in the Apostle Paul's church. They, you know, they, they didn't have that kind of thing. These things are cultural. And they're not straight out of the New Testament. But, you know, we always try to act like they are. And there are things that are they're offensive in other churches. And, and probably if, if we went to some good, sound, biblical churches full of saved people in other countries, we'd probably be offended by some stuff. We'd probably be offended by some of the music that they have in those places. I guarantee you go to some of the good churches down south, a lot of you, you know, you'd be offended by the music they have down there. They are not as sanctified as we are up here in the north. But I, it's, it's just the way it is. But... Here, when we find ourselves surrounded by a bunch of people that we just don't understand, you know what we're supposed to do? Obey the Bible. And what does the Bible say? Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's what we're supposed to do. I don't understand why these people do the things that they do. I don't care. The Bible says be kind. Be nice. You, you can do that. You know what you ought to do? You ought to be a good Samaritan. The Samaritans and the Jews, they were different from each other. They didn't even get along. But whenever the Samaritan saw a Jewish man with a great need, what did he do? He went and he took care of him. You know why? It's just it's what you should do. That's, just, that's good decency. It's kindness. Galatians 2.15, Paul said, We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentile. There was a very different culture between the Jews and the Gentiles during that time. And while a lot of the moral things, you know, that they were teaching the Gentiles were foreign to them, it was just second nature for the Jews. We got to understand that too. Our country is not a culturally Christian country anymore. And so there's a lot of junk people are going to be dealing with when we get them saved that, you know, they people didn't used to have to try to get out of people. But you know what? They've got a more Gentile, we have a more Gentile, more sinful culture today. You know, people like me who grew up in a Baptist home, a lot of these things are second nature. You know, there's some things I never had to be told not to do. There's things that I never had to be told not to say. It's just nobody did that stuff. Because that's that's how we were in the IFB. And, And so there are, there's going to be differences and we need to understand that. And we says, knowing that no man, or that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that 
we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So, you know, we're not any closer to heaven because of how we live and how we behave. But understand, there are cultures, some cultures are better than other cultures. Y'all understand that? All cultures need Jesus. All cultures will go to hell without Christ. But some cultures are better than other cultures. Some cultures actually have morals. Some cultures have no morals. And, and, and there's a lot of problems that come from that. And so we just got to understand everyone is a mystery. We all can't possibly walk a mile in everyone else's shoes. And even if we did, it wouldn't tell us everything. What we need to do is just obey the Bible. Just be kind, compassionate, caring, have love for all men. Listen, I got to watch this as a pastor too, you know, that I don't go crazy just getting controlling, trying to control everybody. I might not like something a family's doing, but you know what? I don't, I don't understand who that guy's married to. I don't know what your wife's like. I can't just assume every, every wife is just like my wife. You know, every lady can't just assume that every husband is like your husband. I can't assume your kids are just like my kids. We, we often just assume things about people. And because we don't understand it, you know what we do? We start misbehaving. We start going against what the Bible says to do. And we just got to understand, you know, I don't need to have everybody figured out. I just need to do what the Bible says to do. My Bible tells me I need to be kind. I need to be loving. I need to be compassionate I, and, and be a help to people. And if I will do that, then that will solve the conflicts and that will have a good end result. If you will do that in your marriage, if you will just understand, listen, I don't have to understand this woman I'm married to, but I do have to love her. I do have to take care of her. I do need to give honor to her as under the weaker vessel. Ladies need to do the same thing. I don't understand this guy I'm married to. I don't know why he thinks the way he does. I don't know why he acts the way he does sometimes. I don't understand the decisions that he makes. But you know what? I'm going to do what God said to do and I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to submit to my husband. And he said, I just, I don't see why God did it that way. Well, you know, I don't completely understand that either. But I, I do understand that if I go and I try to change what God's word says, if I add into his words, I'm going to be reproved and found to be a liar. Because I can't, I can come up with some new hip way that sounds a lot better. Well, you know, I think what we should just do is I think we should all equally submit to each other in marriage, you know. And I think we need to put everything to a vote. And, you know, the husband and wife, when, you know, you can let kids break the tie and, you know, and then everybody will learn about democracy and, uh, you know, everything will be sunshine and roses and butterflies. Okay. Now, that sounds wonderful. And that would make me popular if I promoted that kind of thing. But you know what? Let me raise a family that way. And guess what? I will be proven to be a liar. Because I'll, I'll produce a freak show. Is what's exactly what's going to happen. And so follow the word of God and you'll do all right. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for all your blessings. We thank you so much for your word. And I pray you'll help us to trust it. Like we saw in Proverbs 30, Lord, there are a lot of things we don't understand. I pray you'll give us understanding. But Lord, when we don't have it, I pray we'll just be obedient and we'll just do like Sarah did and we'll just trust you and uh, do what you exactly what you said to do and help us to be kind to others and to uh, understand other people are a mystery. And so we're just going to trust you in the meantime. In your name we pray. Amen.